Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Hey, Cricket customers, Max with ads is included with your Cricket $60 unlimited plan at no additional cost. Nice! Max is the streaming platform where you can watch Scoob, Meg 2 The Trench, The Nightmare on Elm Street Collection, and so much more. Remember me. Just log in with your Cricket username and password to experience Max on all your favorite devices. We've never seen this before. Max, the one to watch for a good scream with Cricket. Yeah! Phone plan streams and standard definition. Programming subject to change. Fees, terms, and restrictions apply. See cricketwireless.com for details. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. One church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. This is for me. Can I get you to give God a praise that this is going to minister to your pastor? God. God. Y'all ready? Let's go. I'm ready to receive and fully submit to God's word, which is the lamp to my feet and the light to my path. In this year of fruitfulness, I will manifest good results in every area of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, let's go. Do what you do and you do how you do it because you do it so well. We're open and ready to receive your word today. Somebody say, Lord, have your way. Say, speak to me today. In Jesus' name. Amen. So let's get right to it. No, Jesus was not born on December 25th. But it is the day that the world stops to honor God stepping into a body with what Matthew 123 calls him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Here's what I love about Christmas is whether you believe or not, you got to stop. Come on. That's why the Bible says, watch this, that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. It doesn't matter you're a Christian, a Jew, an atheist, a Hebrew, an Islam. It doesn't matter what you believe in, what you subscribe to. The whole world shuts down on December 25th to honor the entry of Jesus. And you and I have the privilege of calling him Lord and Savior. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that he's mine. I'm glad that he's Emmanuel. He is God with me. Would you touch somebody on the shoulder and say, God is with you. God is with you. Here are the facts. The origin of this time was a pagan festival to honor the Roman fire god Saturn. It was a time full of lawlessness, promiscuity, idol worship, and even child sacrifice. 
Now, I don't think you understood that. Child sacrifice. Meaning they would murder their children and offer them to false gods. That's interesting because there's a lot that happens. Watch this. That's not literal child sacrifice, but watch this. But it's emotional child sacrifice today. Your children are on the altar of your dysfunction. Your children are on the altar of your emotionalism. Your children are on the altar of your junk and your drama. But I'm so glad you were born. Why? Because you are the curse breaker in your bloodline. You are the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline. Can I take it further? What I love about God, watch this, is, is, is this fits so perfect within this fourth week of our series 2020 because God took what was originally this crazy time of idol worship and lawlessness and child sacrifice and he flips that thing and he turns that thing around and rescues it and redeems it for what we now call Christmas. Stop. It was a mess. It was jacked up. It was crazy and God turned it around just like he's done for you and what is that called vision see he could have looked at us and saw us messed up jacked up tied up tangled up instead watch this he didn't look at us with sight he looked at us with vision and vision means i see you beyond what you currently are would you lay your hands on yourself say he sees me with vision he yeah, God sees you, watch this, in your evolved state. God sees you in the state where you're forgiving those that hurt you. God sees you in the state where you're the best version of yourself yet. He, watch this, he doesn't operate with sight. Because remember, that's what we've been talking about in this series. And this fits so perfectly. It's because we've learned that sight is what we see, but vision is how we see it. That's called what? Perception. Can you say it with me, everybody? Perception, we've learned, can be poisoned by four sources. You should know these really good. The first is people. People can project their perception onto you. And it's very dangerous, watch this, when you have people with negative perceptions around you because everything with them will be so difficult. Here's what the Lord told me to prophesy to you, that the people entering your life from this day forward, all throughout 2020, watch this, and not just 2020 because we're about to enter a new decade. For the next 10 years of your life, the only people coming into your life are going to be people that make things easy. Come here. People that make things easy. All of the rough stuff you got dealt with that in the last decade. But for those of you that believe your next decade crown is going to make stuff easy, can I get you to release a praise for five seconds? Woo! He's going to send you help that makes your life easier. He's going to send you help that makes your life flow better. No more poison people. Slap somebody high five say no more poison people. Second thing that can poison your perception is pain. Pain, we talked about Jabez's mother. Jabez's mother conceives him in pain, so she names him Jabez, which means pain. She literally names him what she went through. And there's many of us that have named things based on how difficult it was. We've named things our pain. And so for some of you, watch this. This year, you didn't name it manifestation. You named it drama. You didn't name it manifestation. You named it betrayal. You didn't name it manifestation. You named it, watch this, based on your pain. So it poisoned your perception about your year. The third thing that can poison our perception are problems. You got 99 of them. And then it seems like another one's coming. Here's what I need you to understand. If there's no problems to solve, you have no reason to exist. 
I'm going to say it again so that your rogue gets it. If there's no problems to solve, you have no reason to exist. Do you not know that a job simply means to do this, to solve a problem? Do you not know to be an entrepreneur simply means to start a business that solves a problem? Do you not know to be light in darkness means you're solving somebody else's problem, which is darkness in any form? Which means if there's no problems, there's nothing for us to solve. If there's nothing for us to solve, there's no reason for us to breathe. Can I get you not to be mad at the reason you still got breath in your body because let's be honest if we're honest the problems that we're solving are really what fuel us it's really what gives us the energy to keep on moving if you have a day in life where there are no problems then that means you no longer have a reason to exist Moses was sent to solve the problem of 430 years of Hebrew bondage Jesus was sent to solve the problem of us never being able to fulfill the 613 mitzvah of Torah or the laws of Torah. So he said, I'll come and live perfectly. So all you got to do is receive me and then you get to live as if you live like me, even though you didn't. Are you still here? Joshua solves the problem of them needing to take conquest. What does that mean? They needed to go take some territory. Watch this. If there was no territory to take, there's no reason for Joshua to breathe. You're going to catch it in a minute. See, the thing that sometimes is poisoning your perception, you don't realize it's actually supposed to clarify your perception. Which means if I wake up and see a problem, I'm like, y'all gone it? I must be the one sent to solve it. For this reason was I sent. Can I get you to lay your hands on yourself so you're a problem solver? Come on, talk to me, 915. I need you not to get angry about it. I just need you to get up and solve it. Lay your hands on yourself say, I'm a problem solver. fourth thing that can poison our perception is our past. And whenever you've had a rocky past, let's just be honest, how many of us have had some rocks in our past that would therefore make it a rocky past? We've all had rocky past. Listen, if you've not had a rocky past, don't nobody want to hear from you? What do you mean by that? If you've not been through anything, nobody wants to hear you. Can I tell you what actually qualifies you? It's the stuff that you thought disqualified you. Come here, let me talk to this section because they ain't talking to me. The stuff that qualifies you is the stuff that you thought disqualified you. That's why God doesn't call those that are qualified. God says, I'm going to call you and then I'll qualify you. And the stuff that you thought disqualified you is the stuff that actually anointed you. It's the stuff that makes your voice have power. Let me tell you why we can speak to the enemy and make him bow down. Let me tell you why we can speak to diseases and shut them down. Why? Because that's what gave us Somebody say, I've got a testimony. Yep, the fact that you were abandoned is why people need to hear from you. The fact that you rejected is why people need to hear from you. The fact that you've been through hell and don't look like it. You need to learn how to testify to somebody else and say, this is how you overcome. This is how you deal with. Let, let me move. Let me move. Let me move. Poison perception. Here it is. Ah, can create false expectations. One of those four things can create false expectations. What's a false expectation? It means an artificial or incorrect hope for the future. It's artificial. It's astroturf. It's not real. These are nice, but they're not real. Watch this. And if I think it's real, watch this. If I go see a real one, I'll be disappointed when I see that the real one sometimes will show signs of death. See, it's, see, see, only fake stuff can always have it all together. 
only fake stuff can always, watch this, be so perfect and have it, oh, only fake stuff, watch this, never has a day where it wants to throw in the towel. Only fake stuff never has a day where it wants to cuss everybody out and go eat. Y'all ain't talking to me. Only fake stuff. Touch your neighbor, say, I'm not fake. <laughs> All the real ones in the room. Can you throw one hand up and say, I'm a real one? See, false expectations create false or incorrect or artificial hope for the future, which creates disappointment, which creates discouragement. And you want to know the number one? I said, Lord, what's the number one? I had a whole list. I said, Lord, I don't have that much time to preach. So which one do you want me to get? He says, son, give him this one. I said, yes, sir. He said, and when I give you this one, he said, this one's going to be everything you need to say. I said, what is it? Expecting success with no suffering. What does he do when he do that? It's so good to me. I got to get the energy out some way. You expect success with no suffering. You expect love with no liars. You expect to be blessed with no betrayal. Y'all ready to walk this thing out? If you sit next to somebody that ain't saying nothing to do with nothing, I just need you to learn how to minister to yourself and say, lay your hands on yourself and just say, catch this one. For many of you, when you stepped into 2019 and we talked about the year of manifestation, here's what you envisioned in your mind. Every day, I'm going to be walking through the lovely frosty snow and gifts after gifts after gifts after gifts and I'm going to have so much it's going to be overflow and here's the truth it's been that but let's tell the rest of the truth but it's also been some suffering this next part is just for those of us where 2019 if you want to be totally honest while it's been a record-breaking year, it's also been a year you've dealt with some suffering. I'm going to give you 10 seconds to put a praise in the atmosphere if that's you. Romans 5, 3. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. <laughs> What's the Bible tell us to do? Rejoice in our what? Sufferings. In other words, he says, and, and I'm going to explain suffering in a minute. He says, in other words, when you're dealing with suffering, I want you to be happy about it. When they lie on you, I want you to be happy about it. Oh, y'all ain't going to talk to me today. When you deal with betrayal, I don't need you crying. I want you rejoicing. 
Rejoice. Re over again, joy. Which means I want you to practice joy in the midst of junk. I want you to act like you got a million dollars even if you're trying to figure out how you're going to make it to the end of the month. I... He says, rejoice in sufferings. <laughs> okay. Knowing that suffering produces endurance. So let me help you with sufferings so we don't get confused. Suffering means it's what constricts or rubs together. Constricts. Um, yesterday, I was doing this thing. I had to jump off of something. You're going to see it on Instagram. And so they had this whole harness and all this on me, and, and it, it was constricted. But what was constricting me is what was protecting me. What wouldn't let me move is what kept me from making the wrong move. Ah. <laughs> Say constrict, rub together. Here's what suffering means. A narrow place that hems you in. If you've ever had your pants hem, anybody ever had pants hem? Okay. So why did you get pants hem? Because they were too big or they ripped. Because they were too tight. Come here. So now, when you get them him, what are they doing? They are now making them, watch this, they are now constricting the fabric. Suffering means you are hemmed in. You are restricted. And watch this. And now, two opposing forces are rubbing together in the same person. Come here, come here, come here, 915. Come here, come here, come here. It says two things that rub together. But the rub isn't external. The rub is internal. So even though you're sitting at your desk on Monday, you got some rubbing going on on the inside of you where two opposing forces are literally fighting to be right and fighting to be louder than the other. See, I wish you would sit next to somebody honest. Watch this, where they've been dealing with some internal rubbing that's been... Are you still here? Let's go further. It means tribulation, which means, watch this, tribulation is coping with the internal pressure. So it's not just the pressure, I got to cope with it. It's not just that I'm hemmed in, I got to cope with it. It's not just that I'm restricted or in a narrow place, I've got to cope with it. You ever been trying to park somewhere narrow? And what's normally easy, now you have to pay extra attention to it. You have to use more energy now because now you got to use all your marriage, you got to use all your good driver training. And for those of you got cameras, you got to use all your cameras. You're getting all your cameras aligned. Watch this. Because you don't want to damage anything because you are in a narrow place. And normally you just whoop, boop, 
pop that thing in there. But watch this. There are certain times in your life, watch this, where even, watch this, the simple has to be calculated. Even the simple, watch this, even getting up and being nice to people has to be calculated. I wish you were sitting next to somebody honest. Even fighting through your day has to be calculated. Tribulation means I've got to cope with that internal pressure that causes the feeling of restriction. And here it is, without options. Watch this. I'm adding this into the definition, except bad ones. The only options that exist are bad options. And when you look at the options, you say, well, God, well, what am I supposed to do? If these are my only options. I know they're bad, but that's all, watch this, I can see when I'm hemmed in. Come here, you, you tall. All right, and let's, uh, uh, let's give him, let's, no, no, that's okay, I'll do it. Come on, right here, stand right here. All right, now, now keep me, put your hands up and, and look that way. Okay, now turn, so turn like this here, there you go. All right, see, say hemmed in. I can't even see that there's a whole army sitting out there in that audience that could help me. Because I'm hemmed in and all I see is a few trees and some fake snow. Y'all ain't talking to me. Where are the people that can be honest that that stuff has had you hemmed in and you can't even see the options. You can't even see what's available. But touch your neighbor and say, that's about to change. Oh, come on in here, y'all. Somebody say, that's about to change. So let's, let's look at this verse then. Before it changes, let me just show you. Romans 5, 4. And endurance produces character. So we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering, not only being hemmed in, but the pressure that comes from being hemmed in, trying to cope with no options except bad ones. What does he say? He says, he says, this is good for you. Because this teaches you how to endure. 2019 has taught you how to last. Let's make it bigger. This last decade has taught you how to outlast some enemies, how to outlast where are the folk that can be real in here? Where 2019 has taught you how to outlast some stuff. Because there's some stuff, watch me, you said, I can't do it another day. And guess what you did? Another day, and another day, and another day. And before you knew it, it was a month. Before you knew it, it was a season. Before you knew it, you had outlasted it the whole year. I'm about to get to the preach. We ain't there yet. He says, endurance produces character. Character is who you really are. Reputation is who people think you are. You could have a bad reputation with good character. And you could have bad character with a good reputation. They don't match always. Say character. Who are you really? No, seriously. Like, like forget your name. Forget your ethnicity. Forget your race. Forget your background. Forget your ability to cook or not cook. Forget your business acumen. Who are you, really? 
Who are you? Well, I'm pretty. Forget that. Well, I'm handsome. Forget that. Got it? Because that's in the eye of a beholder. Some of y'all have let other people's view of you shape your view of yourself. Because you know, they don't like it, baby. There's seven billion people on this planet. Somebody. Who are you? Lay hands on yourself. Just say, who are you? What you have had to suffer has taught you to last, which showed you who you really are. Who am I really, Bishop? A survivor. Who am I really, Bishop? Not just someone that survives, but one that thrives. Who am I really, Bishop? You're the one that God sent to show the rest of your bloodline. Who am I really, Bishop? You're the curse breaker in your bloodline. Who am I really, Bishop? You're the history maker in your bloodline. Who am I really, Bishop? You're the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline. Who am I really, Bishop? You're the problem solver in your bloodline. Who am I really, Bishop? The one that some voted most least likely to succeed, but you're going to be the one that has the most success. Say character. And character produces hope. He says, when you know that you're better, you now have a better hope for the future. I need you to catch, the, catch, the, catch it. He says, endurance, so suffering produces what? Endurance. Endurance produces what? Character. Character produces what? Hope. What is hope? Hope is an optimistic view. It is an expectation that something will improve. Can I get you to say this? Say, I have hope. Here's the issue, though. You ready? You ready? Here's the issue we sometimes have. Is sometimes the hope that we have is based on something God never promised. You ready? Come on, it's about to preach real good. That's nice. It's just finna get real good. <laughs> what if your hope is built on something that you made up that God never promised you as part of your process. Y'all ready? Okay, let's talk. Let's talk. Can we talk? All right, Jeremiah chapter 1. We looked at him on Wednesday. Ooh, it's about to get good. In Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, God closes the door. Remember last Sunday we learned what? Closed doors work better. So in Jeremiah 1.5, God closes the door for Jeremiah. Jeremiah is a prophet. He's a man of God. He speaks to the people on behalf of God. Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet because his assignment made him weep. His assignment made him lament. His assignment made him mourn. Take this out. In Jeremiah 1.5, God closes the door of confusion about Jeremiah's calling, so he prayed for courage instead of clarity. Can I be honest with you? Most of you know what you need to do. You're just too fearful to do it. You know you should have taken the class in January and you still sitting up in December talking about I'm just trying to see. Oh, it's about to preach. Touch somebody next to you on the shoulder and say, you don't need clarity, you need courage. Oh, lay your hands on yourself and say, I rebuke your discourage. Lay your hands on yourself and say, I rebuke your fear. Say, I rebuke your discourage.
So what do you do when you learn how to be spiritual? You learn how to lie and call it prayer. What do you mean you learn how to lie and call it prayer? Father, I just need clarity. What, what you need clarity on, baby? It's three trees. It's a white ball, three white ones, and then two red. What, what, what you need clarity on? Are you going to clean it up or not? And I just need clarity on the way to do it. You have a vacuum. You have a sweeper. You have a swiffer. You have a Dyson. You have a shark. What is exactly you need clarity on? It's about to get so good. In verses 6 through 10, God closes the doors of fear, insecurity, bad confessions, and small thinking. We learned this on Wednesday with Jeremiah. And he says that Jeremiah has been set over nations and kingdoms to pluck up, break down, destroy, overthrow, build, and plant. And in verses 11 through 12 of Jeremiah chapter 1, God ensures that Jeremiah's perception isn't poison. And God confirms to Jeremiah with a boiling pot of water. He says, you ready? Y'all, some of y'all acting like you didn't hear Wednesday's message. Touch your name and say, you ready? ready. Say, but it's still going to be rough. Let me walk you through it. Let me walk you through it. Can I walk you through it? In verses 17 through 19 of Jeremiah chapter 1, he tells Jeremiah, get up and get dressed because I'm making you a fortified city. He says, Jeremiah, they are going to fight you. In other words, this is not going to be easy. It's the next verse. It's not going to be easy. But what does he tell them? But I'm with you. In other words, I'm going to watch them do what they do. And you're going to think I should step in because you have a false expectation that you're going to get promised without process. But I am with you. And that's why I'm so glad we can celebrate this Christmas season because what did he tell him? He says, I am with you. His name shall be called Emmanuel, which means he is with me. In the valley, he's with me. On the mountain, he's with me. In a storm, he's with me. In victory, he's with me. In a hurricane, he's with me. In a great day, he's with me. I need you to release this out of your mouth. Shout, he's with me. This sounds amazing, right? I'm, Jeremiah, I'm setting you over nations. I'm setting you over kingdoms. Jeremiah, you ain't going to take sides. Jeremiah, you're going to take over. Sounds amazing, right? You're going to be debt free. Sounds amazing, right? You're going to pray for people and watch them get healed. Sounds amazing, right? Yeah. Somebody says, sounds amazing. But Jeremiah expects something different. Here's the message than what he experiences. And he doesn't plan for the suffering. You ready? I'm going to tell you how you know God is with you. I'm going to tell you how you know God is with you. All right. You ready? You're talking to me 915? I'm going to tell you how you know God is with you. See, we have the false expectation 
that if God is with me, it will keep the enemy from me. We have the false expectation that if I pray and command my day, the day ain't going to try to clap back. We have the false expectation that because you did right by them marks, that the marks going to do right by you. Mark is a modern colloquialism, which means suckers. Hmm? We have the false expectation that if we do what we're supposed to do, the people around us will do what they are supposed to do. You have the false expectation that because you bought them an expensive Christmas gift, that they're going to act right next week. have the false expectation that because you've been shaving your head bald for years that you might not nick yourself in the back. Y'all ain't talking. <laughs> Jeremiah never prepared for suffering. Let me, know, let me tell you how you know God is with you. I'm about done. Because it's about to preach right through here. Jeremiah's journey sucked. Sucked is a Hebrew word. No, I'm just joking. It's not. It's, it's not. Can we have an honest moment, me and you? Just, just me and you talking. Don't worry about the people. Around. How many of you can be honest that certain parts of your journey have sucked? But you've been looking good handling it. Nobody would ever know that it's been as rough. I want to preach now. Nobody would ever know that you've dealt with as much as you've dealt with. Nobody would ever know that you were this close to the edge and ready to jump, but God was with you. Touch your neighbor and say, you made it look good, though. Here's how you know God is with you. Jeremiah, watch this. Here's the first part. He's attacked by his own brothers. You do not know whether or not God is with you until your flesh and blood are your biggest obstacles. And when your flesh and blood is your biggest obstacles and you still overcome, Emmanuel, God is with. For some of you, the greatest plots and plans and schemes came from people with your last name. Came from people you used to wipe their tail. But somebody say, God is with me. Here's next. They beat him and put him into the stocks. Watch this. By a priest and a false prophet. So they beat him. What is a beating about? A beating is about inflicting pain. What is a beating about? A beating is not only about inflicting pain, it's about inflicting embarrassment. So he's in pain and embarrassed. And he's locked up in stocks so that everybody sees his pain and embarrassment. Let me tell you how you know God is with you. Even though you were pained and even though you suffered embarrassment, you kept saying, I will bless the Lord at all. And Lord, right about through here, it's tough. But I will bless the Lord at all times. 
and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. But notice who put him in there. A priest and a false prophet. Which means you know the Lord is with you when even the saints turn on you. What's that mean? When even church folk turn on you. You know the Lord is with you. Say Emmanuel. And it was a false prophet. <laughs> Which means, watch this, they could sense you're real. So they had to interject their fake. And some people's issue with you is because you're the real thing. They're not used to Coca-Cola, so they're trying to bring that RC up in here. Y'all ain't talking. But lay your hands on yourself and say, I'm the real thing. I'm, how do you know that you're the real thing? Because even when you tried to dilute me, I was still strong. Even though when you tried to block me, I was still strong. If you want to know what a real Christian looks like, it's not perfect. It's somebody that's still standing. Then, then he's imprisoned by the king, which means now somebody with power has restricted him. Some of you, somebody with power it was the lease on your house. It was your mortgage company. It was somebody with power that restricted you. So what do you do when the power that is is a power that's against you? Can I keep going? Yes, then they threatened to kill him. He said, Jeremiah, you know what? Your blood coming against you didn't stop you. Church folk coming against you didn't stop you. People with power trying to restrict you didn't stop you. So we'll just kill you. Watch me. For many of you, the threat wasn't vocal. For many of you, the threat was in here. So you said to yourself, you know what? It can't be worth this. I'm going to come on your roll. Because let me tell you something. During this time of year, suicide is very high. During this time of year, suicidal and self-deprecating thoughts are very high. So I'd be a fool not to address it. When we address it, we can shut it down. Everybody on your roll shall live. Come on here. And not tap. I rebuke thoughts of self-harm. I rebuke thoughts of suicide. I rebuke thoughts of your life is not worth living. Your life is worth living. Why? Because it's about to pay off. I need you to throw your hand in the air and say it's about to pay off. So they threatened him. So we're just going to kill you, Jeremiah. I'm just kill you. Jeremiah's like, oh, okay. See, the threat, the threat was designed to make him do it to himself so that he would give up before they got him. Because watch this. If you threatened me, you didn't want to do it in the first place. If you really as big and bad as you say you are, do it. And what some of you need to know is the reason they had to threaten you with it is because they don't have, I can't say that in church, they don't have the intentional fortitude to do it. Your very presence is an intimidation. Your very praise is an intimidation. Your very worship is an intimidation. You didn't want to do it because if you wanted to do it, do it.
You got people talking about they gonna walk out. Then walk. The other night, sat down somewhere and gone now. Ain't nobody got time for that. You got two people, I don't know if I really want to be in a relationship with you. I'll fix it for you. We're not. Because I'm sure about one thing. I don't want anybody in my life that ain't sure they want to be there. So if you ain't sure you want to sit at my table, bounce. Because everybody know I got more bounce than now. Chris is getting more money than you can Where one of them balls at? Can, can, you, can you give me that, please? Thank you. Is it inflated? Now I can't play basketball. Who can hoop? Who can hoop? Who, who can hoop? Come on, I just need somebody that can really hoop. Come here. Let me, give me, let me get a little bit. Come on, little bit. Come on. Come on, son. No, young man. Come on. Come on, son. You put your hand up. Come on. <laughs> now, now, show us some skills. What you got? Come on, show us some skills. Now, don't, don't do nothing with me. I can't hoop. I'm just, don't do nothing with me. Get him a partner. Come on. Somebody, somebody, come on. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. Touch your neighbor and say, you got game. <laughs> Touch your neighbor and say, you winning and don't even know it. What y'all got? Show them a little something. Y'all make some noise for them. Touch your neighbor and say, you got game. And look, you can have, oh, they still going. You can have it. He can have the ball. There you go. All right. Watch. What did you say that's for? How to keep the game going. Can I finish it? Then they throw him into a cistern. And he's thrown in there by Judah's officials. Judah means praise. Which means this is a spiritual fight he's in. Where you're going to have to praise me, cistern. That's a place where they should be able to get water from. He says, you're going to have to praise me and have a spiritual battle from a deep well. And you're going to have days where the well seems so deep. And you're going to have to judo your way out of it. Praise your way out of it. That's why I keep giving you minutes, uh, seconds every now and then to do it. So that way you know how to come up out of a, a cistern. Let me finish it. Then he's opposed by a false prophet. The fake ones just couldn't, couldn't stand him. Then he finds out about plots to assassinate him. The Lord takes him into a meeting some people were having at Applebee's. Lord takes him into a meeting and shows him that Jeremiah, they smile to you, but they plot against you. Their plot is to oppose the work you're trying to do. And Jeremiah, this is your suffering. But didn't you set me over kingdoms? Yes. Set me over nations? Mm-hmm. Didn't you call me before you formed me in my mother's womb? 
Absolutely. Didn't you fortify me as a city? You notice you ain't gave up. What do you need fortification for? For something to come against. What does fortify? Strengthen. He said, you need strength, Jeremiah. That comes with your call. It's about to preach in just about five seconds. You ready? Jeremiah has all these false expectations. That it's not. You know, it's just going to be easy. He's going to walk up to the people, prophesy to them. And they're just going to be, oh, yes, Jeremiah. Ooh, come on, Jeremiah. <laughs> Jeremiah has these false expectations. And he's just going to walk out of church and everything's going to be perfect. Jeremiah has some of the same false expectations that we have. Mary writes a song in Luke chapter 1. After the angel says, behold, she writes a whole song. You, you should go read it for yourself. It's in Luke chapter 1. We're not going there, but in Luke chapter 1, she writes a whole song. She says, the Lord has favored me, and the Lord is with me. She didn't know that a few chapters later she was going to be weeping because they killed her son. She didn't know that she was, she's not a virgin anymore. She don't stop calling her that. She had kids after Jesus. Jojo got down. You better hear me. She had kids after Jesus. Joe was like, I've been waiting for nine months, baby. I look, you had Jesus. Come on here. <laughs> she had kids cheering after Jesus. She didn't know that she was going to have to manage the tension between Jesus and his brothers because his own blood would try to shut down his ministry. She didn't know she was going to have to fight off people talking about her son. Because he could do what they couldn't. She wrote a song in Luke 1. By the end of Luke, Mary's weeping. Caravan sisters did a song saying, oh, Mary, don't you weep. And tell Martha. That's all old school church people know that song. If you don't know that song, do not feel bad. That just means you wasn't in church years ago. It's okay. That's all I know of the song, so we good. <laughs> you know that? <laughs> it's about to preach, y'all. It's about to preach. You ready? Mary didn't know that the price of carrying the Prince of Peace was that she'd lose hers. So she writes a song that's a false expectation. Because she just thinks, I'm going to have this baby. Ain't nobody going to say nothing. They're going to be like, oh, behold, Mary. The mother. They didn't start respecting Mary until hundreds of years after her death. Which means she never got to see the respect that she expected. Could there be there certain things you might not see while you're here? We'd look at men like Dr. King, and I'm about to close it. We'd look at men like Dr. King. But for those of you that were uh, uh, around during that time, Dr. King was not celebrated the way we celebrate him today. He was treated as a troublemaker, and he's starting stuff. They reviled him and hated him when he walked this earth. 
Just like Jesus. They hated him. They reviled him. They didn't like that he was upsetting the status quo, which means slow death. Say false expectations. Y'all ready? Here's the preach. It's about to come. So Jeremiah gets to this point in Jeremiah chapter 20 where he's like, God, this is too much. I'm experiencing something different than I expected. Watch me. And is it worth it? How many of us have ever been there? Is it worth it? Is it? These people don't even listen. This is what Jeremiah said. He said, they don't even listen to me, God. Certainly there's another prophet available. Send somebody. Let me be the prophet of healing and prosperity. And good. Why you got me to giving the message for 70 years? You're going to be carried away into Babylon. And These were his prophecies. See, because every man has a different message. And in Jeremiah chapter 20, y'all ready? He's about to preach. In Jeremiah chapter 20, look at what he says to God. I had to slow it down because it's so good. Lord, you deceived me. And I was deceived. Stop. What does he do? He tells the Lord, God, you lied to me. You told me you were setting me over nations and, and, and putting me to pluck up and put down and shut down and shut up and this, that, and the other. This is supposed to be an amazing journey. I'm supposed to have billboards that say, come see Prophet Jeremiah. <laughs> Special Christmas prophecy service. God, by now in my journey, I'm supposed to be further. I'm supposed to be somewhere different. You deceived me. Here's what I need you to see. He's a man of God. And he accuses the Lord of lying to him. Because he has, let's see if we got it, church, false expectations. He says, I was deceived because you deceived me. Watch how this suffering happens on the inside. Because remember, it's two things, opposing forces rubbing. Watch the line change. You're stronger than I. And you have prevailed. Well, wait a minute. I just thought you said that I lied to you, Jeremiah. Now you've given me praise and telling me I'm stronger than you? I need you to catch it. Because this is where some of you, watch this, somebody on your row has been. See, at the beginning of the day, they over here. Five minutes later, they over here. Five minutes later, they're over here. I wish you were being honest with me. He says, I've become the laughing stock of everybody. Everybody's mocking me. So look, he goes from, you lied to me. Then he goes to, but you strong. <laughs> then he goes to, everybody laughing at me. What's the next part? You ready? Y'all ready? Uh, 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 verse 8. For whenever I speak, I cry out, I shout, violence and destruction. He says, 
just preaching your word. He said, watch this. He says, just doing that is now reproach and derision. He said, just doing what I'm called to do is hard. You ready? Because he has. Where did he get this expectation that it was going to be easy? What did God promise him? Let me remind you, Jeremiah 119. Here's the promise. The promise from 119 is they're going to fight against you. But they shall not prevail because I'm Emmanuel. I'm with you. I need you to just put both of your hands in the air and say, God is with me. God already told you, 915, some stuff's going to go down. Some stuff's going to happen. And this stuff is going to come against you. But I'm with you. Jeremiah, I never promised you this was going to be easy. You're mad at me for something you expected that's false. Y'all still here? And he says, listen, what I'm going to do, I'm going to deliver you. What does that mean? Whenever you get in something that looks tough, I got you. Whenever you get in something that looks like it ain't going to work out, somehow, some way, I got you. I wish I had some witnesses in this building where you've seen God have you. You've seen God deliver you. When your back was against the wall, he had a trap door. When you couldn't find a way out, he opened up a window. Can you give God glory that he's been delivering you all this year? Give him glory. He's been delivering you over the last decade when you didn't even know that you needed him. God was there. Say, yes, Lord. Why is this important? Because let's suppose, I'm done. Let's suppose Jeremiah's expectation is how it goes. Then once God tells him what happens, who does Jeremiah no longer need? God. Because Jeremiah would say, well, I know everything I need to know. Thanks, God. Appreciate you. I'm good. <laughs> I'm gone. I'm going to go do this. And God says, mm -mm. what you're going to face is going to remind you you need me. What you're going to face is going to make you pray. What you're going to face is going to make you spiritual. See, can I help some of us finally get it to click in our head? See, what you face is God's insurance policy that you don't forget that he's God. In other words, God is like, I know it's rough. Pray. I know it's tough. Praise. I know it's difficult. Forgive. I know it's difficult. Follow my word. I know, but I need you not to think that you're going to make it without me. God, I need you like a fist. Finish it for me. Watch. Look at verse 9. So I said, I won't mention him anymore. Jeremiah 20 and 9. I won't mention him. I ain't going to church. I ain't serving. I ain't doing none of that. And I'm not going to speak anymore in his name. Jeremiah's like, all these people can go straight to hell. That's what he says. That's what he says by inference. He's like, let them figure it out. No, they can figure it out. They can go Google somebody. They can go. Figure it out. Not my problem. Some of you don't understand that this last decade was getting you ready to carry the weight of the next decade. <laughs> Watch. He says, he says, uh, 
I'm not even going to speak in your name anymore. I'm done inviting people to church. I'm done even being nice to people. From here on out, I got a new name, Attitude. <laughs> Come on, y'all be honest with me. You maybe didn't say it verbally, but you sure morphed into that thing. You're like a Power Ranger. Attitude! Bad disposition! I didn't come into work. Touch your own neighbor. <laughs> you ready? It's about to preach. Here it is. He said, when I said all of that, say, God is with me. Something in my heart. What's that? My mind. It was like a burning fire. You ready? Because even when I said I won't, you said you will. Even, even when I said I won't. God said, you will. Even when you said, I'm done, God says, sit down. We're just getting started. He said, it was like a burning fire. What does burning mean? It's still going. What does burning mean? It's still going. What does burning mean? Still going. You sit next to somebody that we about to put some lighter fluid on their fire. And I only need two more minutes, y'all, and I'm done with this. Just touch somebody next to you on the shoulder and just say, I speak fire to your fire. I ain't letting you give up. I ain't letting you quit. I ain't letting you throw it in. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, I speak fire to your fire. He said, it's like this burning fire. That's, it ain't just in my mind. It's in my bones. What do bones do? Control movement. Which means when I got rid of the false expectation, it made me move forward and forward and forward and forward. And even when stuff came to push me back, baby, these bones are made of. So I keep moving and keep moving. And I need to encourage somebody today, even during this Christmas season, it's like fire shut up in your, but keep moving, keep moving, keep saying with me, moving, say it with me, keep moving.
Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, and at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God, and they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word DECISION to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews. So you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R 10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. 
Do more with Viator.